Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from Coach Jack Rhodes. He's the running back coach at Westlake High School in the Austin, Texas area. He's the son of a longtime Texas high school athletic director and head football coach. He's married to Aaron. They have a two-month-old. I can't wait for you to hear from Jack and his passion for coaching and the, the platform that it provides to just share the love of Jesus, be the hands and feet of Jesus every day in the lives of students. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Jack. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm you, fired up. You bet. It's kind of fun to record one while we're here at the Texas High School Coaches Association Convention, so I appreciate you taking time. And I'd like to start these out with some background information, so if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe your family growing up, and your family today. Uh, my name is Jack Rhodes. I am the running backs coach at Westlake High School. Um, I am married to my wife, Erin. We just had a little baby girl uh, about two months ago today. Um, and I am the son of a Texas high school uh, football athletic director and head coach, uh, as well as a teacher. Uh, my mom has taught everything from history to health. She's been, she's been all over the spectrum. So, so sports in high school is kind of in my blood. So you said you're, you're the son of a athletic director, head football coach. What was it like to, to grow up around that? And then was there any pressure to, to be involved in sports? Um, it was. I think. I think being a coach's kid is is the best thing ever. Um, you 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 get a new set of older brothers every year. It kind of feels like um, you get to be around around the coolest kids in the district. When you're when you're a young kid, you look up at the high school guys and you just all you want to be is like them, and you get to actually be around them, which is which is a really cool experience. Um, as far as expectations. Uh, there, I think there were some more expectations for myself. I was never pressured by either one of my parents uh, to be an athlete. But when you grow up around those kind of kids, that's who you want to emulate. And, and that's all you want to be when you grow up is just like them. So talk about your family from a faith perspective. Did you grow up in, a, you know, in that environment? And then at what point did you you know, make it your own faith, that personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, sir. So um, I, I grew up Catholic, and I'm still Catholic today. Both of my parents are Catholic. We've been, uh, we were a very, very uh, faithful family growing up. Um, and then, and we kind of had to lean on that faith a lot. We moved around a bunch, and it really kind of became a, this is, our family and our faith are our two most important things. Um, I actually, when I was in high school, I was a, a freshman and a sophomore. I went to Coppell High School, and there's an awesome uh, Catholic church there called St. Anne's. Oh, absolutely. And uh, they have an unbelievable uh, teen, teen program called Life Teen. And so I really got plugged into my faith there and started making friends that were not athletes for the first time, that were more, they were more faith-based friends. And I love my teammates, I love all that, but it's, it's a little bit different when it's built on, built on faith. It's kind of like the, when they talk about the house, it's built on the rock. Those relationships, they're built on, they're built on rock. And so they are, they're a lot more solid than a lot of times you get even in a locker room. Mm -hmm. And so it was, that was kind of when it took off. I was, I was involved in our, our Easter passion play. Um, and that was kind of a life-changing event for me. And then after that, I got plugged into their, their leadership team um, within Life Team. And it was just absolutely life-changing to be around young kids that were as serious about their faith as they were uh, at, at St. Anne's and Coppell. That's awesome. We'll talk about faith a little bit more. But okay. um, did you, at what point did you decide that you wanted to, to be a coach? Um, I... <laughs> 
it, it happened pretty early. I knew that I wanted to be a coach. Um, I knew that I wanted to end up a coach at some point, uh, probably in junior high, maybe even earlier than that. Um, I did have aspirations of being an NFL football player. Um, and I think I realized probably in high school that that was not, not going to be a realistic dream. Um, I did. I was very blessed. I got to go on and play college football. Uh, I actually played under Dennis Francione, who's, who's a great guy. Um, very, very good, good, great guy to learn from. He's, I mean, he's been all over the place um, in college. But uh, I, I realized fairly quickly that the NFL was probably not going not gonna to come calling. And so it became a, do I want to be a, a college coach or do I want to be a high school coach? And I, my dad was always such a big part of my life. Um, and I felt like that was a really cool thing as a young kid. And I felt like that'd be a lot more difficult to do as a collegiate coach. And so uh, with the thought of my future family in mind, I decided to go the high school route. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I, I arrived at that decision. And you're now running back coach at Westlake High School, just won a state championship. Where else have you coached? Kind of give us a snapshot of your coaching journey. Okay, so my coaching journey started um, when I was in high school, or not, I'm sorry, not when I was in high school, but I was in college before I was traveling with Texas State. I would come back and I would shadow my dad and his staff at Cameron Yo. And it, so it was really cool. We struggled a little bit at Texas State to win, but I was always plugged into my dad's team and my dad's staff. And I, I got to be a part of uh, three different state championship runs with him, just being around, being on the sidelines, uh, and kind of getting to experience that. And that really probably had a lot to do with me deciding to go the high school route too, is that was a lot of fun being around those kids and, and getting to see their excitement. Um, after that, I, I actually started off in Cameron. So I, I played my last collegiate football game on December 5th, and I started teaching on December 7th. Oh, wow. Um, they had a math teacher quit in the middle of the year. They needed somebody to fill in, and I was looking for a job, so I stepped in. So my first ever career coaching game was a semifinal win uh, over Mathis, Texas in uh, at oh, DKR wow. at Texas. Wow. So kicked it off with a bang. Um, we ended up uh, going on to the state championship that year, and we ended up getting beat. Uh, our All-American running back shredded his knee, uh, a non-contact deal going into the end zone. That was where I started. Uh, a couple months later, my dad took the uh, head coaching job down at Gregory Portland in South Texas, and uh, he, he brought me and another guy from Cameron to be co-OCs. And so I spent three years down there, and that was just... That was an absolute blessing. The people in South Texas are very are very friendly people. They're mm -hmm. great people. I got a chance to learn from my dad, um, and all coaches, all coaches, all the coaches that I've ever worked for do a really good job mentoring young coaches. But it's different when it's your dad because he can t he can pull you aside and tell you when you're making making mistakes that I think a lot of other coaches wouldn't recognize or wouldn't pay that close of attention to and you, you I mean I caught I caught a lot of bad habits that were forming as a young coach because I had my dad sitting right there next to me uh, telling me and I didn't always like it I wasn't always uh, I wasn't always the most coachable right away but as I've as I would always put it into practice and realize that he's that that I was he was looking out for my best interest um, and so I, I grew a lot as a coach those three years at Gregory Portland had a blast uh, we didn't we didn't win as much as I, I would have liked to but we we did a great job, I think, developing kids into young men. Um, still, I'm uh, still keeping contact with a bunch of them. One of them actually caught the garter at my wedding last oh, year, which nice. is which was very exciting for everybody involved. Um, after that, I, I got uh, engaged to my wife. She was a volleyball player at Texas State. Uh, we started dating when I was at Gregory Portland, and she was in her senior year at Texas State. 
Um, and we got engaged and decided we needed to live a little bit closer together, so I moved up to Dallas. I took a job at Little Elm. I um, uh, worked under Coach Kendrick Brown, and he was absolutely awesome. Um, got to learn a lot from him within the year that I was there. Uh, Chris Brown was our offense coordinator. He, he did a really good job, too. I got to learn a lot about a different style of offense than I'd ever been in. Um, and then we just decided when we decided when um, we decided when uh, we got married, we needed to go find a place that was not near either one of our families and kind of start our own family. And um, I actually took a job at Victoria East um, right before COVID hit, and was all set to go there and be the offensive coordinator. And um, Roland is is the guy's name that was the head coach, and he's an awesome guy. Um, I was fired up to work with him, and my wife lost her job because of COVID. And I reached out to Coach Dodge in February, uh, right after realignment came out. We knew we were leaving. Um, my dad and Coach Dodge have known each other for a long time. I went to Coach Dodge's camps growing up. I've worked his camp the past couple of years. And I said, Coach, if you have anything, um, it doesn't have to be a coordinator spot. I'm just looking for, for a good place to land. And um, I, I actually never heard back from him. He, I don't think he had anything at that point. So I moved on, and I had accepted a job. And we were all set. We had, we had money down on a house in Victoria. We were getting ready to move. And um, my wife lost her job, and it was a remote job, uh, and she wasn't sure. I mean, we couldn't find wow. anything. And she's in tech sales. That's what she's done forever. And um, she, we weren't. We looked all over in Victoria and couldn't find anything. Well, about that time, uh, Coach Dodge called me and said, uh, said I've got a running back position open. Uh, if you would be interested in it. And because of COVID, on a Tuesday afternoon, I was sitting in Portland, Texas. We had gone down to see my family. And I was sitting on the chair next to my dad. I, we were both done with classes for the day. And I told Coach Dodge no. And I said, you know, I've already accepted a job. I'm not really not comfortable uh, backing out on it. And my dad heard me say it. And after the call, uh, he said, you have lost your mind. Hmm. And I said, Dad, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a guy that takes a job and then has to back out of it. That's not, I feel like my word means something. And he said, well, I understand that, but your wife also doesn't have a job. She, um, you know, this is, this is God working right here. You, you're going to move to Austin where she can get a job. And so, so we started the process of kind of looking into it. And we never didn't commit for a while. But when my wife started looking in Austin, she had three interviews lined up within, within two days. And so it was kind of one of those things where, where we really felt like God was calling us to the Austin area. And so um, I had to call, I had to call Roland and, and, and resign. And that was a very, very difficult thing to do. But one thing I, I learned is Matthew Kelly is a, a Catholic mm-hmm. speaker that I really enjoy. And he talks about how sometimes we hold on to good things when God is calling us to great things. Mm. And so that was one of those things where I knew I was in a really good situation with a really good staff, but God was calling me to something bigger and better. And so um, we ended up moving to Austin. My wife found a job. Um, I think the day she signed her contract, the day before we closed on our house uh, in Kyle, um, we both graduated from Texas State, so we ended up with a house about 10 miles from campus. Uh, We're we're around a bunch of people that we know because we went to school there and it ended up just being a great situation um, that that really had I not been sit had had COVID not happened had I not been sitting in the same room as my dad when coach Dodge reached out I don't think would have ever taken place I, I think we'd be we'd be in Victoria right now wow and y'all made a I mean y'all just like I say you want you want the state championships talk about the pressures of coaching at a place like Westlake where the expectations are state championship 
so I, I might be a little bit spoiled um, because I, I, when I graduated from Cameron Yo, that was our expectation there as well. Um, so it's one of those things that it's there's it's there's pressure involved in it and it's difficult. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it's a big reason that we have the success that we do. Uh, one of my favorite stories ever about that kind of pressure is going into Cameron. We my junior year we missed the playoffs and we. We weren't very good. We were bringing a lot of kids back. Uh, we, we had a chance to be really good, but we hadn't we hadn't done anything yet. And we were selling our discount cards, uh, walking around town. Mm -hmm. And I walk into the car dealership, and the owner walks up to me. He buys a discount card, and he said, I, I just want you to know, if we don't win a state championship this year, this year's a disappointment. And, I mean, I, I didn't know him very well. I was a little bit taken aback. And... I kind of, kind of, it shocks you a little bit when you hear that, but at the same time, it kind of gets you going. Like, you know what? If the expectation within the community is that we're winning state championships, then by gosh, we better win state championships. I don't want to be a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so it, it kind of drives you to work, work a little bit harder. Um, and you know, you hear, you hear the old, it's, it's very cliche, but diamond, diamonds crush potatoes, and and diamond, or I'm sorry, pressure crushes potatoes, and pressure creates diamonds. And so if you allow it to, to mold you and to push you, you're, you can make something great out of it. And I, I know within our community we have the same expectations that we are going to be we are going to play football at a very high level every year, and our kids respond to that. And I think that the, they 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 have that on them from the time they're a young kid. And so by the time they get to high school, I don't know if they think about it quite as much. Right. I think it may be a, a, the first game of the year they think about it, or their first game of their career they think about it, and then they realize you know what this is what I've been doing my entire life, and it gets a little bit more a little bit more natural for them. So it's. It's definitely intimidating kind of coming into it, but once you get going into it, it's a lot like everything else. The kids, it just pushes the kids to be a little bit better. So what role does your faith play in your coaching? And then have you ever experienced any resistance to it? Um, so the a, my faith is my number one priority in my life, and so I feel like it has to filter into everything that I do mm -hmm. in order for me to be my very best at it. And so we spend... Um, we spend a lot of time working on football, but we also spend time dealing with our faith uh, within within my position group. Um, when I was in Portland, I was the offensive coordinator, so I had a, I, I worked with a whole lot more kids, and we would we would get together. It's not something I ever force on anybody, but we we will go out to dinner once a week, and our one it's whatever position group. So it's been running back dinner for me for the past year. And our rule is we can talk about anything except for football. When we go out to dinner, we, football is what we do all the time together. This is time for us to bond, for mm -hmm. us to grow together as a position group. And we don't, we, we make, I make it a point that we pray every time we, we sit down to eat. Um, but that's the only faith part that, that I make sure we do. If somebody's not comfortable with it, we make sure they know they're more than welcome to step away. Um, they don't have to come to the dinner if they don't want to, but most of the time the kids do. And we really that's our time to pour into each other as far as a building a brotherhood and inadvertently faith will come up a lot of times because they're these are high school kids it's something that they struggle with um it's they're learning uh, just like at that, that age i was learning about my faith they're learning about their faith and they're learning about how to make it their own and how to apply right. it. it's not their parents faith, yes. it's their own and that's yeah and parents are parents are fantastic but a lot of times kids don't want to listen to their parents. They, right. They're at the age where they need to hear it from somebody else. That's right. And so if I can, if as a coach I can step in and I can fill that gap and I can I can tell them about how, how Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and how He's he is their only way into heaven, 
um, I feel like that's the most important thing that I can that's do. Right. And Amen. it's, we will, we, we pray a bunch. Um, I, I say a bunch. We pray uh, before games with with our kids, and and again, it's all optional. But our kids really buy into it, and I really think, honestly, as far as pressure goes, I think that may be why they don't feel the pressure. I know when I was a player, uh, we talked a lot about uh, playing for an audience of one, and that's something that that in my position group at Westlake we talk about. You know, guys, it it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what your mom and your dad think it doesn't matter what we think as coaches it doesn't matter what anything it none of this matters except for if you're playing and you're giving glory to god with the way you play that's awesome and and they really my group last year really bought into it and i think this year we're young it's going to be a little bit different uh, but i really think they'll buy into it. We've, we've we've always played at a pretty high level i like that that's good so married have a little one how do you balance because being a football coach especially in texas it's a lot of time, a lot of demand. So how do you balance that with being a husband and now a dad? So I think the first thing, the most important thing, and this is what I would tell young coaches, is make sure that make sure you marry somebody that is okay with the lifestyle that you live. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, my mom is the the ultimate coach's wife, I like to say. Um, but marry somebody that knows what you're doing and why you're doing it and is bought into it. I think a lot of young coaches get into relationships with people that think that they're going to change them. They're going to pull them out. Their mm. coaching is going to change. And uh, you see it a bunch on, my wife's on a bunch of uh, Facebook coaching pages and she tells me about some of the things that the wives are saying. And I think a lot of that could be solved if, if you go into it with the expectation of this is their lifestyle. It's not going to change just because they're married. Um, so that was, they've got to be highly independent. So, I mean, I think first of all, choosing the right spouse is, is very, very important. And I'm very blessed. My wife is, a, is an absolute champ. Um, I also make sure that uh, at least once a week we have date night. Um, and it's usually, it's usually Tuesday night or Wednesday night, um, just finding time to make it a point. And I actually stole that one from my dad. My dad, uh, ever since he's been an athletic director, he has lunch with my mom every Friday. And um, he, he makes his, his Fridays are the most important day professionally for him. Um, but he makes sure that he starts it off with Bible study. They have coaches outreach every Friday at his school. And then he has lunch with my mom. And so on the day where he could get completely consumed by the sport, he puts his he really puts his priorities into action. And I think that that's, I, I kind of still, I, I can't do it exactly like he does it because I, my schedule won't allow it. But seeing him do that all the way through my life was a, was definitely an inspiration for me to kind of, and that's, I kind of try to model it after that. And so yeah. you have to have, first of all, create, marry somebody that that is going to be supportive of what you do and second of all you have to be intentional about the time that you spend um, because there's not much of it if you go into it and it's kind of halfway halfway planned it's you're not going to be very productive and really and truly that's that's the most important part of your life is being a being a man of faith being being a husband being a father and then coaching really has to come third even though it takes up probably the majority of our time yeah that's good i like that um so a lot of our listeners are coaches and athletes. So mm-hmm. what would you say to that coach or, or athlete that's listening that, you know, is a believer, is a person of faith, but maybe, um, and they understand the platform of athletics because mm-hmm. it is a, a, a huge platform, but maybe struggling with being bold in that platform. How would you encourage that coach to be, to be bold in their faith? Um, I would say that, I mean, you, you really, you've really just got to buy into the fact that your God is big, your your faith is bigger than your fear. Your God is bigger than anything yeah. else, 
um, I, I would say go ahead and take that first leap and you will realize that it is it's actually fantastic it's a lot of fun um, getting to share my faith is is probably one of the more exciting things I love it I love it when we do something high level on the football field and and I'm very blessed to be at a place where we do high level things and I get excited about it but I get a whole lot more excited when one of my kids comes up to comes up to me and wants to talk about something that's going on in their life and they want a faith-based answer because they know that that's what they're gonna get mm. from me um, that's and huge. So if you put yourself out there um, it's it's scary the first time um, but it gets easier and easier the more you do it the more you practice it and before you know it you're you're living a bold life when before you were very uncomfortable speaking out in front of people. I think that's good. I like that. It just all ties back to that faith over fear. Yes. So this this next question is actually one of my favorite ones because I always go back and look these up. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have a favorite, a life Bible verse or favorite verse. Um, so I like to ask that question. Or is there one that God has shown you recently that you would share? My all-time favorite one is Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's, I know the plans I have for right. you, says the Lord. Uh, plans to prosper, uh, prosper peace, not for harm. And so, um, but that's, I, I really like to be a forward-thinking person, and that help, really helps me with that. Um, another thing that God has really revealed to me through the Bible uh, the past recently is um, we, I just had a daughter, and mm-hmm. I think like a, a lot of first-time dads, I really wanted a son. Like I was, I was so excited for to have a mini me running him around, and I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed that I had that we had a daughter. I'm very excited for her, but I really had a hard time with the fact that I wasn't going to have a son. Mm-hmm. Um, there for a little while and so we got right after she was born I just I started reading I just randomly opened up the Bible and started reading books and I started off uh, with Esther and then I ended up right uh, after her I think it's Ruth mm-hmm. and it's two two female biblical heroes and that was something it's kind of you, God gives you what you need when you need it and so Absolutely. you get to see two two biblical heroes one right after the other that are both women and that really kind of I don't want to say it probably assuaged me was probably probably the best. It calmed me, I guess, because I got to see that you can you can just because you have a little girl doesn't mean that she is not destined for greatness. And that's right. Um, I just had all those visions of of a young uh, of a little boy and what would happen. And now I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited about what the future holds with my little girl. That's and, awesome, and what a testimony too of of how you know we. We have our own expectations and then God's plan. Yes. But then how he uses even his word to encourage us and reveal. That's good. Yes, absolutely. So last question. Um, Two words, all over sports, all in. Uh, We were talking about Dabo Sweeney, you know, before we started recording. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, that's all over Clemson's chin straps and it's all over. And I've seen it all over. Every sport uses it. But it's also very... um, Relevant and and um, it's it's in all of Jesus's teachings about being a follower of Jesus. You have to be all in. He says, deny yourself, um, put a, you know, it's love God, love others. So, you know, what does it look like from a practical sense for you to be all in your daily walk with Christ? Um, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. It's your faith is the number one thing in your life, mm-hmm. and that has to trickle down through everything you do. Um, no, I think I think all in means that you are that it starts at the top and it, mm-hmm. it is your number one priority but it's not a priority that stops there it goes through everything that you do um, 
No, I think I think being all in is being all in is it starts at the top and everything you do it just trickles down into everything you do in your life. One thing and kind of talking about being deliberate with my time, I live about 25 minutes from where I work because uh, teachers can't live in Westlake unless they are married to somebody that does something a little bit more lucrative than what they do. Um, but every morning I get to spend my first 25 minutes really focusing on as I'm driving in really centering really praying and and centering my life on what it needs to be centered on and so when I get to work that's where my mindset is at and so it's a whole lot easier for me to look at it through a lens of how can I be faithful today than if I just got up and rolled out of bed and ran and so I start off every morning with um, with uh, prayer and then I, I spend time being active and I feel like if you do those two things it really puts you in a place where you can you don't, I don't I don't want to say that I project my faith on people because I'm a public school educator and you can't right. say that. I know what you're saying. But you live your life in a way that it draws people to you and it shares the gospel. Um, not really a Bible verse, but one thing I do love, uh, I stole this when I, I learned this when I was in high school, is there was a saint that said, uh, preach the gospel, uh, use words when necessary. And so I think that that's really probably your best bet um, as far as being all in, is if you can live your life, uh, if you can preach the gospel by the way you live your life uh, without even having to talk about it. I think it's, it's probably your best way of being all in. I agree. That's huge. It's, I mean, when you when you say that, I just think about my dad always said this. I tell my kids all the time, your actions speak louder than your words. Yes. And I think that's really applicable to even in our faith is that how we act is much more powerful than what I say. Because I can talk about Jesus all day long, but if yes. my actions don't line up, then it's all a, it's all a mess. So, yes, absolutely. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you taking time to come by and, and do this. No, absolutely. And I really do thank you guys for, for all that you do as far as, as getting the word out about God and, and, and making and encouraging those that are looking for a little encouragement. You guys are fantastic. Thank you very much awesome. for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Jack for taking time, especially at a busy time at the convention, to sit down and share his story and encourage us. Um, I know I was encouraged just by his his passion for being intentional with his time, both um, with his with his wife and and little daughter, but also with with, with the players and, and students that he works with, and just understanding that our faith is our top priority. Then everything else in life trickles down. From that, and our faith is our foundation, and God's everything we do. So, um, I hope you were encouraged as I was. I would encourage you to share this with somebody, a family member, or a friend that you think might need some encouragement, could benefit from this story. Share it with them. Also, subscribe if you're not a current subscriber to our podcast, whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. There's over 170 other previous episodes I know will encourage you just like this one. We love to hear from you. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. We'll take you to our pages. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, to give, and also through our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Most of all, thank you for your prayers, your support, and your encouragement.